Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Excellent. Okay, so we're on the last study of the book of Acts uh, from our series. We are, okay, and I'm going to be looking at the, possibly the best, listen, I, I don't know what you guys were like when you first got your first pair of reading glasses, but I just don't want to wear them, but I'm going to have to wear them. I'm at that, that point of no return. <laughs> So, um, we're going to look at this amazing story. It's one of my favourite uh, kind of action stories, if you can call it that. So, if you want to go in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, let's look at this together. Let's read this amazing story and let's enjoy it. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading the passage of scripture. He was led like a a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they travelled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water, why shouldn't I be baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. What an amazing story. I hope you, hope, I'm, I'm sure you know that well. What a, a great story that is. I, I want to ask you, what do you think of that story? What do you think of that story? Do you think that is exciting? Yeah, it is, isn't it? And, but what, do you think this is a story of, a, of an elite Christian? Yeah? So like a superstar Christian. Maybe you'd think of him, this guy is a bit of a rarity. Yeah? A guy, here he is, being led by the Holy Spirit. And maybe you say, oh, I would love that life. 
So who is, let's, let's concentrate on Philip. Who is Philip? So if we, if we go back, a little further back in Acts, you see that Philip was like Stephen. He was chosen as one of the seven to serve the poor and to serve um, those of the community. So nothing, no special calling, but he was a man after God's own heart. That's the key. So clearly on learning who Jesus was, he was all out for Jesus. He was all in. And he was a recent believer. Remember, Jesus had not long been risen from the dead, so he cannot say that this man had been walking with Jesus for years and years and years. Don't worry about that. Oh, well, maybe you could, Yeah, okay. Maybe, do, maybe let him in. Isn't it? But Philip had taken Jesus' words seriously to go into all the world and make disciples of all men. And this is our call too. Tell others the good news. This is what Philip was doing. He wasn't a superstar. He was just telling people about Jesus. So... I want to ask you today, we had a lovely curry uh, in, uh, on the Curry Mile a few days ago. It's actually my second curry of the week in Curry Mile, which is a little bit over the top in my opinion, but there you go. But we had a second one and we, were, we actually had some good news as a family. So we were discussing, we were discussing this news together and there, was, there is nothing like good news, is there? Those of you who have had some really good news, there's nothing like talking together about good news. It comes out really really easily doesn't it and actually you can spread it around and it brings joy to people's faces and this is have you noticed that actually what we have in this bible and what Jesus has done is the ultimate good news and yet if you're like me I find it difficult to share it why is that because it is the greatest of news so I think we've got some uh, three things here to learn from Philip about how he lived and how he moved. Okay, so there are three easy instructions from Philip in this story. So we're going to, if we just keep that, that scripture back up there, we're going to look at verse 26, number one, and verse 27, and verse 29 to 30. Okay, so let's see what Philip was instructed to do. Let's see if it's really rocket science, shall we? Okay, so verse 26. What does it say? It says the spirit or the angel said go to a certain road okay is that difficult no and number two verse 27 it says on his way he met and then verse 29 it says go to the chariots go and stay close to it now if I asked Leela to go to Chapman Street Go to a certain road, go to Chapman Street, and on the way you'll meet Bill, go to him and start talking to him. I don't think Leela would have a problem doing that, because it's very easy instructions, yes? Yes, we could all do that, couldn't we? But the issue comes when the instructions come from God. <laughs> is that, am I right? I think that's where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? This is the crunch. Because for us, many times, if you're like me, we think, did God really say? <laughs> yes? Or was it just me? Have you been in that situation? Of course you have, yeah? See, it's one, inst one, it's one thing to have instructions from Google Maps, where you put in your postcode and you're off. 
travelling 400 miles to an exact location, it's easy, isn't it? Or your friend. But what about instructions from God himself? How do you receive these? Well, this is what Philip is a perfect example of. And this is where we, I believe, if you're like me, and I think you are, we find it difficult, don't we? And yet, this isn't rare. Because throughout the Bible, we find God speaking to all sorts of people. Abraham was one of the first. He heard God speak to him in his town called Ur. And God spoke to him and said, leave your town, follow me, and I'll show you where to go. What a call. Moses was another. Moses was walking with his sheep and he saw a bush on fire, which was not rare because it's very hot conditions. But then he saw that the bush wasn't getting burnt up. And so he looked closely and God started to speak to him out of the bush. Imagine that. What about Paul hearing from God? He was riding his horse and suddenly a blinding light knocked him off his horse and he heard God speaking. So God, if you read your Bibles, God speaks regularly to humans like us. And he wants to. It's not like he's, he's hard to, uh, to, to hear. He actually wants to speak to us. In John chapter 10, verses 20, 27 and 28, a great verse of scripture, it says this. It says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. What about that? He's not talking about literal sheep here. He's talking about those who belong to him will hear his voice and he says, I know them and they will follow me. Isn't that beautiful? See, I think the issue here is not with whether God speaks or not. I think the issue is is with our ears. And I'm maybe not even talking about these ears. I'm talking about our spiritual ears on the inside. Just, if you're brave enough, would you put your hands up if you would love to hear God more in your life? Good, that's probably where you've got a proportion of people who didn't hear me the first time, so I would say that's about 85%. So I would like to concentrate on this time we have left, on how do we hear and then act? How do we hear God and then act? So God can speak to us in any way he chooses because he is God, yes? He is not limited like I am. But he tends to use three ways, okay? He tends to use this incredible book called the Bible, okay? So you can be reading this book and God can speak to you out of it because it's his word. And you will find, and I'm sure you've found, certain scriptures as you're reading them come alive and they can speak right into your situation. He can also speak to you through the church. So when I say the church, I mean those who believe in Jesus. So many, many times me and Victoria have been in situations where we've needed advice and we've gone to the church and said, hey, we've gone to certain people and said, hey, can you just advise us with this? And you get wisdom, you find God speaking through other believers. So that's the second way God speaks. And the last way God speaks is actually directly by his spirit. And that's really interesting, isn't it? So I've had times, and I'll explain them to you in a bit, of where God has spoken directly to me. And I'm sure he's spoken to you too. You've, you've felt, this isn't something I would necessarily think. Or this is deeper than I would ever think. Yeah? And it's the Holy Spirit can speak directly to your heart when you belong to him. 
So I'd like to bring you a few ways God has spoken to me, because I think they might be helpful, and why he's spoken to me that way, as I can see afterwards. And it's similar to the verses we have uh, that Philip has brought to us, okay? So we'll start with verse 26, which is, Go to a certain road, okay? So that was the instructions from the angel that Philip had, and it was specific, wasn't it? Amazingly specific instructions. And so God can be specific, okay? God used the Bible to help us, me and Victoria, when we were quite recently married, when our girls were very little. And he led us by his, by his spirit. Now, we were living in a place called Offerton in Stockport. Our kids were in a really good infant school. Uh, but we were living in a tiny house, a modern house, but very, very small. And we were starting to run out of space. We really needed an upgrade. Um, but I wasn't earning much money. Victoria was looking after the children. She hadn't started her ministry yet. And so we were thinking, okay, well, we'd love to stay on this state. Um, the doors were shut, basically. We were looking around at the estate agents and they were, they were above our level, our, my, above my income. And I was thinking, this is not good. This is, we can't stay in this house. It's just too small. Now, eventually, what we decided to do is quite radical. We decided to pray. Yeah? We decided to pray. Now, if I can advise you of something, I would say, at this stage of the game, pray first. Because it will take weeks off your decision making because when we decided to pray we got the surprise of our lives because both of us really felt that we should leave Stockport and move to Gorton now we were worshipping in a church over there um, in Gorton at that time Uh, we were talking about the late 90s to early 2000s and we were worshipping there but living in Stockport which was the best of both worlds because in 2000, year 2000 Gorton was really quite deprived and the crime was higher and it was quite a violent place it's much better now Um, and I really didn't want to move here because I had my own business and it was all in my vehicle my vehicle was full to the brim with my, with, with my business stuff and I knew it would be outside my house and I wouldn't have given it two to three days before it disappeared. So I was really nervous when God laid it upon our hearts to move to Gorton. And I actually tried to write it off and say, well, that can't be God, it's not a good idea. Yeah. So there was no garages. I couldn't find a proper. I looked in the uh, now the houses obviously around here were more within my price range, but they, none of them had garages. So I was thinking, where can I put my business stuff? It will have to stay on the road in my vehicle. That is lunacy. I've got probably five, six thousand pounds worth of stuff sat in my vehicle outside my house. It's not going to. It's not going to work. So I argued with God an awful lot. And this is, when I say about the Bible speaking to us, this is the verse he gave to me. It was so unhelpful. It's Hebrews 11, <laughs> verse 8. Hebrews 11, verse 8. And it says this, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Is that unhelpful? <laughs> Basically, he was saying, I'm calling you to go to this town, but I'm not going to tell you exactly where in that town, but just go. <laughs> no. So, that was it for us. We, we knew we had to go, so we put our house up for sale, which amazingly sold really quickly, but we had nowhere to move into. So, 
we, we, we were a bit panicky. We hadn't moved out of Stockport yet and Victoria was washing up one time. I was at work and we both, here's the work of the Holy Spirit, we both had a vision, I'll tell you what that is in a moment, an impression of where we were going to live in Gorton. Now this is, sounds pretty strange but I was at work, I know my side, and I was at work and I was um, probably daydreaming at work and um, and I had a picture of the park, which is just down there, and of a certain view of that park. And I could see Weeping Willow, and I knew exactly where that was. And I was thinking, what's that all about? Is God trying to tell us whereabouts we're going to live? And I know which street that is as well. I get home and I say, Vic, you're not going to believe this. And she said, let me tell you something first. As she always does. She always gets in first. She said... I was washing up here and I got a vision of where I believe God wants us to, to live. And I said, oh, come on, let's, let's share this and let's see if it's the same. And sure enough, she'd got the same vision of the house or the area, the houses, a group of houses where we believed, we believed God was calling us to. Bonkers, yes? But this is how the Holy Spirit can move with all of us. So... The only problem was there wasn't any houses for sale. So what would happen next? Well, we had to move out of our house um, and a blessed friend of ours lent us her house. She went to live with her mum and she lent us her house in Bramall. So we, we really went up in the world and it was excellent for a few months. Um, but we prayed and prayed and said, Lord, it's fair enough, you know, given us a vision of where we should live. But if there's no houses for sale, what are we going to do? Yeah, what ended up happening was, which is quite incredible, was uh, Victoria had met someone, a friend, and he said, okay, well I know someone who lives in Gorton, a vicar who lives in Gorton, and what I'll do is I'll go to him, I'll ask him if he knows, he knows loads of people, I'll ask him if he knows anybody on that street who's thinking of moving. So, this guy went to this road, he goes to the house, he knocks on the door. As he's opening the door, this guy says, and before he says it, the vicar says, Hey, you're not going to believe this. I haven't seen you for ages. We're moving out soon. And it, this, this guy says, Really? Well, that's the whole reason I've come to see you. Because a friend of ours is looking for a house to buy in Gorton. And he says, Oh, well, this house is owned by the church. I don't know whether they'll sell it, but who knows? Well, let's, let's, let's make some inquiries. We made inquiries with the church. The church said we'd love to keep it within the Christian ethos. We will sell it to you. And we walked into that house once we bought it, went up the stairs, looked out of the window, and there was the glorious view the Holy Spirit had given to us. I mean, isn't that exciting? And this is for all of us when we're led by the Spirit. And you'll have stories yourself, of course, of when the Holy Spirit has led you either through his word or through some friends or directly by speaking to you. So that really set us off in a life where we thought, wow, what a God who speaks and leads that way. He is so good. So, this is exactly what happened to Philip. Go to a certain street, go to a certain road, and there you will meet someone. So, number two, the way that God leads us is by... He sends us, doesn't he? So, what did God want us to do? What was the purpose of us going to, of moving to Gorton? Well, 
It's, 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 it's been out working, hasn't it? So he wanted me to be part of a local church, to be hands-on, for Vic to open an Oasis Centre, and for us to be part of blessing this community with lots of other people. Another simple story ties in with verse 27 of the great story of Philip. So on the way, Philip, as he's being obedient to the Holy Spirit, on the way he meets somebody, yes? So, I remember when Vic and I were out shopping, not my favourite calling in life, but I was with Vic a long time ago, and we had a coffee um, in St Anne's Parade, if you know where that is, and as I sat down, um, I noticed a girl behind the till, or uh, making coffee basically, Uh, I noticed this girl, um, and immediately I felt God's compassion for her. Have you ever had that? So you've looked at somebody and you've felt compassion for them. Now, I knew that this wasn't coming from me, so if we want to recognise God moving or God speaking, expect him to be like he is and not like us. See, I don't feel that much compassion naturally as I'm walking around, but when you get God's heavy compassion for somebody, you know he's up to something. So, I felt God's compassion for this girl, and I knew, or I felt that God wanted to tell her that he loved her. Now, this isn't easy to do in a coffee shop, because coffee shops are busy places, and this girl was busy making coffee. So, I I thought, no, I'm not going to do that, because A, it's nuts, and B, she's too busy to hear it. But... Again, the compassion of the Lord was upon my heart. I knew I had to do it. Okay, I wanted to hear from God. I wanted to move on with God. So I knew I had to do it. So I, went, I got in the queue for coffee. And as I, um, I got to the, to the till, I looked her in the eyes and I said, Hey, uh, I'm a Christian. Which is always a great, isn't that a great intro? Yeah, I'm a Christian. And I just want to tell you that God loves you. And the moment I said that, she obviously, obviously she, her eyes widened. But it wasn't a widening of what a weirdo. It was, an, it was a widening of, that's amazing to hear. And she went off then into saying, I used to be a Christian, but I got offended with some things that some people said. And I drew back from the church and I decided not to follow God anymore. Isn't that amazing? And so I explained to her, I said, well, God has put me upon your heart. I just want to explain to you how much he loves you. And she was blessed. Now, what's the outworkings of this? Well, who's to say? Because she then may go, I'm sure she'll go home, she'll possibly start to read her Bible again, draw close to God again, and start to go back to church and walk with Jesus again. This is why we just need to be obedient, isn't it? We just need to be God's hands and feet in this world. Imagine all of us in this room today, if we all did or were led to do what the Holy Spirit wanted us to do, day in, day out. Imagine how powerful that would be. How many lives would God be able to change through each one of us? And we're all different in this room. I don't know if you've noticed, but we're all different. So we've all got different gifts. We could, we, you've got the, the, the possibility of talking to someone I possibly couldn't, you know. Imagine what God could do if we had our ears open and our eyes open. See, I think one of the problems is we're too busy. Like, we're jet propelled when we leave the house, aren't we? And so we find it so difficult 
to hear the Holy Spirit because we're on a mission of our own, aren't we? We've got a long list of, of the day of shopping and, and doing work and all the rest of it that actually God finds it very difficult to talk to us. And those are good things. We can't get rid of those, but what we can do is be more alert to the Holy Spirit. So in verse 29 and 30, it says these words. Go to the chariot and stay near it. Okay? Isn't God amazingly wise? If you think about this story, say what I tend to do with the Bible is I tend to read it but I don't allow it to sink in. I don't really concentrate on it. Because if you think about the timings of this, here is this Ethiopian. He's reading the Bible, and the Holy Spirit manages to get Philip there just as he's reading a particular verse of the, of the Bible that is the key verse. I just, I just think that's amazing, isn't it? But this is the God that we're dealing with. He is a miracle worker. So Philip is directed, just go closer to the, to the chariot, just go closer to it and you will, everything else you, will make sense. So he draws closer to the chariot and hears these words from the Old Testament about Jesus. Okay? Isn't that amazing? And then, obviously, the Ethiopian says, I don't understand these words. I mean, what an opening. Really? Well, let me come up into the chariot, we'll talk about it. And this man becomes a believer in Jesus. Why is that significant? Why is that significant? Because the story tells us he was part of the Queen's company. He was basically the financier of Ethiopia. Wow! This man had travelled thousands of miles in his chariot to come to Jerusalem to worship the Lord and he wouldn't have been allowed in the temple because he was a foreigner. So he would have gone to the outside of the temple, been turned away and thought, why did I come? But then he, would, he, he, he was found by the Holy Spirit and shown the saviour of the world. And he went back to Ethiopia, thousands of miles home, back to Ethiopia where he spread the gospel. How do I know that? Because Ethiopia is one of the oldest churches in the world. There's been Christians in Ethiopia for thousands of years. Why? Well, if you look at history, they say it's because of this man who went back to Ethiopia and spoke what he'd heard. Isn't that amazing? That's one man. First of all, it's one Philip who was obedient. Secondly, it's one man who then just gossiped good news. Isn't that great? Think about what all of us in here could do in our particular places on buses, Tesco. I had the most amazing day yesterday, really blessed me because, you probably won't remember, but about a year ago I said to you that, that I was shopping in Tesco here. Uh, you might not know where it is, it's there. And um, I was shopping in Tesco and, and I, I noticed a guy, in the, he's always, he always works in the fast area, you know, what's it called, the, the self-checkout, yeah? And it's where you go when you want to be rocket propelled with your, with, with your checkout. So he always works there and, he, and when I saw him, again, compassion came to my heart and I thought, oh, I need to go to you and say, God's, you're on God's heart and he's going he's to use you for his glory. But I bottled it about a year ago. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So 
And then I, as I'm walking back to back home, I thought, I, I really, I really feel I should do it. And the Holy, I believe the Holy Spirit said to me, and also, his parents are Christians, right? I don't know why that was helpful, but that's what I believe that's what he said, okay? This was about a year ago. Yesterday I was in Tesco, and this guy had had his hair cut. Which was meant to put me off, but it didn't, because I recognised his eyes, right? <laughs> so I'm going through the fast, fast hills, and I saw him, and I, and I just thought, this is it, we're going for it. And I said, hey, um, I believe God is, ca- is calling you to do great things. He's got his hand on you, and he's going to do great things with you if you let him. <laughs> and obviously, this guy's about 23. And he said, yeah, I know. And I said, I said, oh right. And I said, your mum and dad are Christians, yes? He said, yeah, yeah, my mum and dad are Christians. And I said, good, good. God's calling you to do something great. Just be prepared, get yourself prepared, because God's going to use you. He said, yeah, I know, I know. I was like, okay. I thought, I'll, I'll leave it for a bit. I've got my bag together and I was leaving. I said, don't you forget now. He said, no, I won't. I was thinking, so he either thinks I'm a complete lunatic, or God's already spoken to him. <laughs> and I was just confirming it for him, which is amazing, isn't it? Why did that happen? Because I was present while I was in Tesco. Now, many times I'm in Tesco, and I'm looking for certain things. Vic's given me a list. I can't hold information in my mind, so I'm really trying to find the broccoli. Yeah? <laughs> I haven't got time to talk to anybody else about serious stuff about salvation. I'm looking for broccoli and other stuff. Yeah? But God wants us to be present. He wants us to be alive and listening while we're going about our daily business. Is this what we all want? Is this what you want today? To be used like that? Because I, I, w- I would love this more and more in my life because I know the fruit of it. Who knows what that guy called Samuel is going to be used for in the future? Who knows? Just I, t- I pulled his lapel back and saw his name Samuel Tesco. Samuel, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense if you're going to be like Samuel. Exciting, isn't it? That we can encourage somebody else. Who were the ones who encouraged Billy Graham? Eh? So what did Philip hear? A man reading from the Old Testament. And the Bible was used for direction. Just as I come to a close, there are sometimes when people may lead us, when, sorry, when, when God may lead us to complete strangers, like this Ethiopian. Why did God lead Philip to him? As I said before, because he was a key person in Ethiopia. And that entire nation was changed. Ethiopia, as I said, is one of the oldest churches in the world. One man obediently did what God directed him to do, and a country changed. So the ultimate message that people want to hear, or need to hear, is God loves them, he wants them to come to him, and to receive forgiveness for their sin. And then to be transformed into a whole new person with a brand new relationship with God. Is that something we want to bring as a body of people? As Christians, this is what our whole lives should be about. Because Jesus said when he rose from the dead, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all men. 
can we just stand up as 